Welcome to Hashtag No Filter with me, Stephanie and A, a podcast which provides career advice from industry experts. Every episode, you'll hear how each trailblazing guest built success and what they do to bring a sense of wellness into their world. You're listening to real people with real stories, with real success, and who need no filter. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Hashtag No Filter. Today on the show, I'm joined by Franklin Boating, social media and business consultant, social influencer, and serial entrepreneur, aka the king of trainers. Franklin, being one of the first personal brands to get over 100,000 followers on Instagram, is arguably one of the most influential people on the footwear scene. He's collaborated with the likes of JD Sports, Puma and LS, who he's also partnered with to design his very own trainer. Franklin is an author of several ebooks such as How to Make Money Online and Build a Legacy or Die Trying, and is also a TEDx speaker. During the episode, Franklin and I talk about how he created his personal brand, developed collaborations and partnerships, and grew an organic social media following. Franklin also gives his advice on how influencers and consultants can develop their businesses and shares how he maintains a healthy work-life balance in the 24-7 world of social media. No Welcome to Hashtag No Filter, Franklin. Thanks so much for being here. No, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate you you um, inviting me on. I know I've been very busy, but you know I have to make time for you, so it's it's a real pleasure. Thank you. You're so kind. I'm 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 going to get into it because I've probably got more questions for you than you've got trainers. So um, my first <laughs> my first it's so question it's so is um, mm-hmm. who is the king of trainers and how does he serve his kingdom? Okay, so um, the king of trainers is Franklin Boatin. I mean, it's it's something that. Uh, came around when I was a kid like we're talking like the 80s you know I ain't gonna say how old I am but <laughs> you know yeah, my mum used to love tennis um she used to love Boris Becker and things like that so when he won his championship in like 85 she started to buy me trainers and then you know back in those days if you had name brand trainers was like a nickname you know and things like that so it's, it's just it's just been a nickname like a local nickname and when it came to like social media and jumping on social media a lot of people thought I was trying to kind of show off because of the name King of Trainers, but it was more about highlighting others and giving information and stuff like that. And that's how I was serving the kingdom. But I think the problem is that the name attracts forms of hate and things like that anyway. So people, you know, people just got envious. But for me, I, I do a lot for the kingdom, advice, news, reviews, um, award shows, events. I do so much, so much for the kingdom. That's amazing. So what was your reason really for turning that name into a business? I think it was really after um, I saw the way social media was going and I didn't really kind of see it as a business until a, a number of years into the whole social media growth, you know, where I started to get get trainers and then people say now how much do I charge and stuff like that so it was for me it was about building um, a personality within the sneaker scene you know and it was before this whole word of influencer came around and things like that I didn't even know you know I was I was what we call an influencer on the streets you know in the sense that I would wear stuff from America went like in, in the 90s and people would be like oh where's that oh my goodness I need to get that so for me it was never kind of a case of trying to to be, be an influencer. It just kind of stumbled, sorry, stumbled on my on my lap, so to speak. So, yeah. It sounds like you're a bit of a, like a, a sneaker role model to people. <laughs> something like that. Something like that. Something like that. So I read up a little bit that there was a lawsuit around this King of Trainers uh, name. Yeah, you had it first, right? Yeah, I mean, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't quite get to get to court. I know there's been reports, but we didn't quite get to court. But um, JD Sports wanted to take me to court because of the whole King of Trainers name. For me, it's been a nickname. I didn't know that I was infringing on their trademark, and they have a retail trademark. So on Twitter, my friend said, Nike, I'll just do it. And that's on possible nothing. Why doesn't JD Sports speak to the King of Trainers? Then the, the Twitter account at the time, this was like 10 years ago, about 2011. And um, the Twitter account at the time 
was just attacking me saying, who's this imposter, blah, blah. And we were like, oh, we didn't know, like, I didn't know what was going on. Like, we really kind of, you know, thought that it was okay. And then they hit me with a, a cease and desist letter from the, 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 the lawyers. I then wrote back to the lawyers and I said, look, can we work this out? They said no. Then they kind of said, you've got like a, a certain time to comply or else we're taking you to court. And then um, I learned what there was to know about trademark law um, within that time. And I was just defending myself because I, I wasn't trying to kind of infringe. And that's something that people don't understand is, is you can be passing off. They thought I was passing off as them, but I'm an individual. I'm not a shop. So I wasn't passing off. And then um, I just said like, you know, let's go to court. Cause I want that to be defined that I'm not trying to infringe on their trademark. And, uh, they decided not to go to court. And then in not so many words, they started a campaign. There's only one King of Trainers, which, you know, people may not know that that was campaign was because of what, what we went through. So it's quote unquote. So, uh, it was interesting. It was just interesting. Yeah. Then I just kind of pursued social media and, and, and kept it going. So what, what did you take from that? Is there anything that you, you learned from that that you still apply to your career today? Yeah, learn. Learn as much as you can about whatever you want to, to do. And for me, I learned a lot about trademark law. I'm not saying I know everything about trademark law, but I found case studies and I, I sort of learned that you can't just be bullied into just giving things away when you have a right to them. So for me, it's just really learning a lot about what you want what you you know if you ever face with these types of things just don't give in so soon yeah I suppose in business you're going to be faced with a number of challenges and it's about getting over those hurdles and then um, applying that to the next hurdle that you're going to come across because it's always going to happen always going to happen so when you did decide to grow the brand through social media did you have a strategy in mind well, what people don't know is I, I've been teaching social media for, for over a decade anyway. Um, I actually built my own social network called Fabs Network. You know, this was 13, like 13 years ago. Um, it was like Facebook with its own kind of feed where everyone could contribute. So imagine Instagram online where everyone could contribute to the story. Um, and it was it was mildly successful within London. So I was also, I was in the, the social media arena anyway. So... For me, it was like just a transition, you know, and I teach it. So I was thinking, how can I show people what you're supposed to be doing on social media? And I'm, I'm one, you know, I, I talk about business, I talk about a lot of different things, but I'm one to do to dwell into what I teach. Do you get what I mean? Like, you know, I, I, I don't, I'm not one of these quote unquote people that haven't done what I don't, I don't know. Do you know what I'm I've, I've made them yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm not that person. I, I've actually done everything I, I speak about from investing to anything that I talk about. I've actually dwelled in and, and hit the ground, made the mistakes and, and I teach people what not to do. So you've got a number of partnerships and collaborations. Uh, to name a few yeah. are ASOS, JD Official and Ellis. Um, yeah. well, I'll come back onto Ellis later, but how are you able yeah. to position yourself in the market to create such partnerships and collaborations? Yeah, well, I mean, it's just consistent hard work. Like, in terms of the, the, the whole sneaker arena, before social media, I was always into trainers. I was doing a lot of what I do on social media, like via email and, and forums and stuff from before, you know, and, and on a very small scale with me and my friends. So... When it came to social media, I said, let me just be consistent and continue. And when you look at all of the kind of sneaker influencers in the UK who are in trainers in the UK, I don't think no one's been really as consistent as I have, you know, and, and that's, it's just consistency. You know, I've really been consistent and I've always tried to push forward and do different things and stuff like that. So that's kind of how I get noticed by these brands. Because in the beginning I did, write to a lot of them and say, hey, can me and you, can we speak? Well, you know, but it, it just never, it never happened. Yeah, you've just shown that you're, you're not going anywhere and that you're a good investment. Before getting into a um, partnership with these brands, do you carry out due diligence? Mm -hmm. And if so, what's the process of that? Well, to be, to be honest, depending on what, on what they want me to do or, or what type of campaign we're doing, you kind of already know from what they've done before. So they normally just reach out to you. You do, you can propose some, like I have a lot of different 
projects that myself and, and my, 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 my business partner, Chris and Nafit, do Puma. And we propose stuff and then we get it done, we propose, we get it done. But then some people just, they just reach out because they have a model that they've already done and they just want you to be part of that. So that sometimes is where, you know, you, you, you kind of see what's happened. Um, and then, yeah, you just go with it. You go with it. You know, if the price is right, you, they, you, they pay you, they put money in front of you and then you just go with it, to be fair. So. When did that kind of all start happening for you then? It's probably around two or three years into the social media journey. I remember, I think I was on like a 15,000 followers and I was just being doing my thing. And I never saw it as a real business business. And it was Deodora was the first company to really reach out to me and say, hey, we like what you're doing. They sent me like 10 pairs of, of, of Deodoras. And it would it just went crazy. Like it literally went went crazy. And um like from there, people would imagine me and say, Oh, can you post this and how much you charge and and stuff like that. And it it really kind of got to that, you know. And I, I don't wanna mislead anyone. I don't get paid for every single post, but I do get paid for a lot of the um like unboxings and, and, and content and stuff like that, you know. But it's it's just it's 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 good. I can't I can't lie. Um, so I mentioned Ellis. Am I pronouncing this right? Yeah, cool. Ellis, yeah, it's Ellis, yeah. Do you know what? I think that's the first ever branded thing I I possibly owned when I was younger. Um, so I should be able to say it right. Can you tell us a little bit about the design process of your trainer with Ellis? That's so cool that you yeah, have yeah. managed to make that partnership with them and design your own trainer, yeah, by the way. Yeah. So with that, they were re-releasing a, a retro trainer called the Tanker. And they invited people over the world to come from Australia and stuff. And, um, you know, I was in a room with all these these guys and we were doing, we were just look, looking at, like, materials. Like, we are looking at, like, the shoe. And then they said, oh, you guys can design a pair and then we will, um, we'll let you guys have a pair. So that's what we did. It was so cool because they, they put us in Ace Hotel, food and all that. But then I was having a good time and I was like, you know what? let me really focus on this, on what I'm doing. Let me focus on it. And so then I, I just really like looked at Alessa's history, looked at my mum's history with this and, and then tried to promote ever. And, I, and then I realised that Boris Becker, when he won the championship, he had a dual deal, meaning he had a sponsorship by Puma for his trainers and a less for his clothing. So in 85, when he, he lifted the 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 championship over his head he had a light blue and dark blue a less tracksuit top so i literally made one foot light blue and one foot dark blue to symbolize symbolize that and then i had gold laces to symbolize the wimbledon trophy and it was literally in terms of the process from drawing on paper literally just drawing on paper then sending me a, a cad you know filling in the colors on the cad then moving over to they just they just created a sample and then um, the shoes were kind of ready to go. The whole process took about just under a year. And then, yeah, when I previewed my shoe, I, I previewed um, just the, the logo of the shoe and, you know, just the the, 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 the note of the... And then literally, they went crazy. Like I had like 600 comments, people going crazy. And that was the start of them saying, you know what, we need to give this guy his own his own collaboration. And it just, it went from there. That's amazing. You know. Did it not give you the yeah. taste to carry on designing or? Oh, it, it, it did. I've got some other products coming up, which I, I'm not allowed to say yet. But uh, yeah, we've got some, got some, got some, some good stuff in the pipeline. Yeah, COVID came, I'll be honest, COVID, COVID messed things up, I'll be honest. So I would have, the train would have already been out by now, you know, and I might have been on my second, my second collab with them. So it's just COVID really kind of slowed things down. So we're just trying to, build the momentum back up and i'm excited to to see all your um your future projects when they are released can you tell us a little bit about the podcast partnership that you have with Aless? yeah so we've got a podcast with with Aless. you know it was it was at home with Aless, where i was um interviewing a lot of people around the scene um from america australia all over the world and it was it's just a good it's a good feel good thing while people are at home to, to, to really kind of get people to kind of listen to stuff. I mean, the only thing now is is since, you know, the second lockdown, we haven't commenced, but we're going to relaunch it um, around the time 
we do my uh, my collaboration. But it was it was a good yeah it's a good partnership. Um, and we interviewed my friend Callie Vegas from um, uh, Atlanta and and stuff. It was just it's been it's been it's been really 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 good. I think it's really uh, really cool how you've got all these different projects going to really build your brand because. It really does make a real kingdom having all of these, what, yes. what do you call it, based your strings. Really impressive. It does, it does. No filter. So you mentioned earlier that you have a social media consultancy business. So I just want to touch on yeah. that a little bit. After deciding to launch a social media and business consultancy, how did you develop yeah. the program and then market the business? So many, many years ago, like I saw when I had my other, I have, I've had different companies, different, different businesses. And I really saw how social media was going to become what it is now. So I saw this probably 15 years ago that exactly what we're, we're doing now and Instagram and stuff. I saw it before Instagram was even around. And I, I saw that the internet was going to become the place that you had to master, you know, like, so I started to go to all these seminars about the future of technology. I, I you know, I've, I've, I've spoken, uh, uh, Les Brown, Tony Robbins, all those guys up to their seminars back in the day. I was there, I was, you know, connecting with them and, and stuff like that. And, um, they kind of gave me, you know, and, and I have to also, if you, if you can Google this guy, uh, Rene Carell, Rene Carell is a, is a, is a mastermind. Rene Carell is a mastermind. So I, to his, he's do um, something at the London Economic School, which was like a, a future of, of business kind of thing. And I used to, to let me come, you know, the tickets are like 500 pounds, a thousand pounds to sit in the room. And I used to go there and he used to let me come and stuff like that. And I just used to see what the future was going to be about. So this was about 15 years ago. And then um, from there, I built my social network. And then from doing that, I started my web, my seminar. So I had my first um, solo seminar in, I think, 2011 or 2012. So I started doing seminars about social media. You know, so as soon as um, Instagram started, as soon as Twitter kind of was really getting off the ground um, and Facebook, I will have seminars teaching about these things. And all the stuff I was teaching was leading up to, to now. So what I'd done is I had already built some form of uh, footprint online. You know, so by building a footprint online oh, for over a decade, people can people know you're the real deal. So you can go to, to Google, type in Franklin Boatin, and you'll see something about, you'll see press about me from like five ten years ago but i was doing this consciously knowing that this is the way things are going to go forward and building your social your social footprint allows people to really take you seriously i mean i've done a ted talk six years ago before it was became a, a thing to do ted talks and stuff like that so i really kind of built footprints to really be like okay if someone wants to take you seriously unfortunately we live in a world like if you, you know, because I know you, I know you, you have a relationship, you can message me and, and speak to me. You can't do, everyone can't do that. Does that make sense? So you just have to kind of let them do their research. And that's the only way they research you. You know, they can maybe listen to my books, or whatever, but they want to research, oh, who has he done something with? Who is it? You know, and by leaving your footprint online, it, it, it builds business. It just builds, you can build business just from that. Yeah. So would you say that building your business consultancy is different to, yeah. say, an, a social media influencer building their brand? No, it's, it's not too different. It's, it's just that when you're um, an influencer, you've got to know where you're going. Because even, even what I'm doing now, I've seen the whole algorithms and Instagram changing, and I'm going to be launching different businesses based on the strength of me. Does that make sense? So... From from that side of things, I know, okay, the king of trainers on Instagram is, 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 is going in waves. So you have to start building businesses around that. Do you get what I mean? So that's what I've done in terms of I've helped launch a new app called Ooh, which is like the number one shopping app in the country now. Do you get what I mean? So I'm building businesses around this person, you know. Um, and then when it comes to my social media business, the King of Trainers is, is a brand, but Franklin Boatin is the person. So Franklin Boatin is, you have to cement yourself as, okay, this is Franklin Boatin. This is who people can trust. 
away from the brand. And it's the same thing, but being an influencer, you've got to know trends. You've got to see where things are going, you know, but being a consultant, you also have to kind of make sure you have as much offline as you do online. So what I'm picking up from this is like a person is selling whatever it is, a product, a business, but for people to buy into it, they want to know the person and to know that the person is good and honest and doing the right things. And then they will buy into what they're selling. Correct. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And that's what you have to do your best at doing. You can't please everyone. Don't get me wrong. You can't please everyone. You're going to piss people off. You're going to, you know, you're going to upset people. But if you have a track record of consistent, good, being a good person, a good business, that can counteract whatever's out there. Do you get what I mean? I'll give you a story. One of my clients, very successful developer, but he was anti-social media, complete anti-social media. Um, and then what happened was, I can't say his name for, for you know legal reasons, but he basically was just about to close a five million pound deal, um, a finance deal to finance a block of um, a block of flats, a really nice development. And you know how it is with building it's the one day you're losing money. So you need to release the money and get going. So you went to some of these finances, they agreed in principle, they signed the contracts and stuff like that. And then the, all they did, like a couple of days went past. So imagine we signed a contract, a couple of days going past and he's waiting for the money. This is 5 million. This is not small money. He then says, why hasn't the money come, guys? Like, what's happening? He calls them up. they like, get down to our offices right now. He, he drives down to the offices, and all they did was Google his name. He has a very unique name. So they Googled his name, and what someone did to, to spite him was do um, um, a one-page blogger account um, on, on, on online and literally have the blogger.hisname.com, Yeah. Um, and a lot of people know that bloggers owned by by Google. So so if you want a good SEO, you could do a blogger account and that will give you good SEO if you want to advertise something. This person was that smart to know that. And they just had the person's name. And that was the only piece of information this gentleman had online. So So then what happened was, because that was the only piece of information this gentleman had online, that was all they can see of him. Literally, they ripped up the contracts in front of him and he lost five million. And the development, I don't know what happened to the I, I don't think develop I think he said development, I think he sold it, had to sell it on, but he 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 missed out on actually doing that. So that goes to show you that it's that easy for things to crumble if you're not really building your your, your yourself as a good person online. Do you get what I mean? And I'm not saying be fake. I'm not saying be fake. I'm saying be as genuine as as you can, you know, and, and true to to what you 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 promote do you get what i mean you know it's a bit like with me i promote social media i promote business but i would be a hypocrite if people couldn't reach me does that make sense like not everyone can reach me don't get me wrong but if you're messaging me and i was ignoring and stuff that's just being a hypocrite it's not being nice does that make sense so it's just trying your best to 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 to, to, to be consistent in what you preach so do you think that all entrepreneurs should use a form of social media to grow their business? I, I would say, I mean, not, not everyone needs it, to be fair, but now in business, it's the way that people find people. You know, if someone does you something wrong and you know their name, you're going to go to social media and type it in. That's just human nature now. Before you had yellow pages, you had all these different things, but you can kind of, manipulate social media in a way that if someone's done something wrong, you can go on social media and call them out. If they haven't got anything to defend themselves, you're kind of the authority, you know? So people can Google and be like, oh, we saw this, it must be true. And people are so quick to listen to what is on social media if you don't have any anything else. So if someone called me out, Franklin, people will Google me and be like, right, look, he's done Actually, is this correct? Because he's he's been consistent in doing good things in different business arenas. You kind of need to be aware of of what arena you're going into and how you can combat any type of negative um, um, press. Yeah, I just think it's such a great way of doing marketing. I've spoken to um, various people from different industries and they've all harnessed, you know, whether it's Instagram, Instagram, 
Twitter, all of these kind of things, they all use it in some kind of way and they've all built up um, some kind of following. And it does it does seem to be working for them. So do you think that IG is here to stay? Yeah, um, I would say so. It is. I mean, I, I definitely feel the algorithms are changing. You've got TikTok happening. Um, you've got all these different things. But it is, it, it stays as long as Facebook wanted to stay. Because Facebook, you know, they're really increasing their their dominance and presence with IG. You know, I mean, it is it's dwindling, but then it's it's dwindling to people like us who have been on it. But then the, the other people that are discovering it are like, oh my god, IG is amazing. So you know, but I think it's I think it's definitely here to stay. It's definitely a platform that you kind of need to have in business when you're we're launching a product. Yeah, you mentioned the algorithm. Like when I first started using it, you would see the picture that somebody last posted onto it, and now it's crazy, right? Now yeah. I don't even know what it is. It's, it's like yeah. it is insane. How yeah. do you keep up with and, this? Um, how, do, how do you ensure that you're yeah, at the I top? Mean, I post every day and. Some days what I do is is I know my quiet periods. So sometimes on weekends, I just don't post. to so allow the post to be seen by more people. Before, the algorithm was you post, all your followers see it, they like it, they comment, etc. Now, if you post, it might skip people. So if you leave the post up, like you may post something on Monday and not post until Wednesday, those three days allow the algorithm to catch up with the person. You know, so I've tested that that theory, like maybe posting on Friday, they're not posting again until Monday, and seeing the difference in likes for something that I've had consistently. So it's just, it's crazy, you know. And unfortunately, it's kind of made us slaves to social media. It's made us slaves to Instagram because you think, oh no, my, my content's not doing well, blah, blah. But as I, I, I've taught at my, 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 my seminars, you should just do what you like and be consistent and Whatever's going to happen, it will happen, you know. Not saying that it's guaranteed, but just put out what you want to put out and just keep it and keep it going. Don't worry about likes. and stuff. I don't worry about likes. I For me, likes are... I rather... That's why I've changed everything to views because I know my stuff is still getting viewed, you know. So from uh, an advertising and business perspective, someone would be like, you know what? Franklin's the stuff's still getting viewed and he still gets people interacting. So whatever, it doesn't matter what likes he gets he's real people are interacting with him yeah don't become a prisoner to the likes no, no, no. so what advice would you give to an inspiring social media consultant somebody you wanted to start off maybe yeah, now at this time um, i would say if i'm honest know exactly what part of social media you want to consult on and and definitely have some case studies of of what you're you, you've done, how you've able to help, because people unfortunately are are really fickle. Gone are the days where you can say, "Oh, I work in advertising, and here's a billboard I've done, here's a billboard I've done, and here's a, do you know what I mean?" You know, now you have to basically be like, "I must consult, and I've consulted this company, that company, that company," and people need to see the results. And then, unfortunately, if they don't see that you're doing what you you, you're telling them to do then it's a bit like it's a bit like yourself when you you came i think to my seminar how many it's quite a few you know i think that must have been 2017 and and from your opinion by following me do you feel that i have been doing what i was teaching 100 percent, 100 percent. this is what i'm saying with your posts you got a variety as well, which I think is really important. So yeah, 100%. This is, and, and, and being a consultant, you have to be able for people to say that about you. Do you get what I mean? Like people have to be able to be like, Oh, Raph, three years ago, I met you, but you're still doing the same, you know, it, it can't be, Oh, you stopped. And you know, and that's, that's kind of what you have to really do. I also have to add every time I've bugged you over messenger or anything <laughs> like that, you've always been so quick to reply as well. Yeah, I try my best. And that and it's funny because I, you know, I even though I, I do get messages, but I get so many messages. Like, but I always, you know, you're a good person and and I appreciate you. And I always try, oh my God, I need to get back. And if I don't, you know, and I always tell people, don't get offended if I don't get back straight away. Cause I, I I'm just, yeah, I've got a lot, I've got a lot going on. <laughs> yeah. You were saying like you'd you'd build a portfolio up. Is that right? If you if you Correct. were a, a social media consultant, yeah. Right? 
Correct, correct. I'll build a portfolio. Yeah, yeah. I'll build a portfolio up. I'll do. I would do case studies. You know that people can kind of see. Oh, right. This person has. This person's done this, this, and this. I would also advise anybody to. I think I said this in my web in my seminar. Buy your first name and last name as a domain name. Like buy your full name as domain name. Use that as your website as the place where people can type and and see. Oh, that's you. You know, um, that's very important because everything is on face value, unfortunately, social media world. Everything's on face value. It's a bit like for, you know, like a mechanic, right? They can fix your car, but you don't know what's done. Does that make sense? Because you can't see it. But if you say, oh, I'm a social media consultant, I'm someone that is doing stuff in social media, it's something that can be seen quite instantly. You can fake social media, don't get me wrong, but you can't fake consistency. People will know if you're you're not being consistent, if you're not doing the the things that you say you're doing. So, you need to kind of build some form of of case study, and have people that can vouch for you. Unfortunately, you know, I mean, fortunately and unfortunately, um, unfortunately because sometimes you always need that validation, but fortunately because people can be like, is he really that good? Is he really gonna help our business? And why should I I part my money? With, with this particular gentleman or, or, or lady. Cool. So would that be perhaps getting people to give you a review or something like that? What I do on my on my new site, I just launched my new site, um, frankenbottom.com. I've got a media section where it shows all my media. And what I'm what I'm building on that side as well is just testimonies, just people from different, just give me uh, a paragraph of what I've done, what 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 I've done for them, how I've helped, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, and and that's that's really all you need. That and then try to like what you're doing now is perfect in terms of the whole podcast thing. To have your time, spend your time building different things online. So, you know, so when you do type in Franklin Button into Spotify, you type in Franklin Button into YouTube, you type in Franklin Button into Instagram, you type in Franklin Button into Google, you find different things I've done. And that helps a lot. That helps a lot. And I know it sounds very, very cocky, but I've kind of built my myself to a point where once a week, my phone will always bring up opportunities because of stuff I put out there. It seems like you've got a lot of different channels as well, like picking up all these different yeah. opportunities as well. So you've not just gone in one straight line and like nah. taking what's off that. You've really done everything. Um, how about the next generation of social media influencers? What advice do you have for them? Oh, wow. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be crazy because a lot of everyone's a social media influencer, unfortunately, now. Fortunately and unfortunately. But um, my advice is just be authentic and, and be consistent. You know, I think even myself, people in the beginning thought I was unauthentic because I wear my crown and my robe. And people are like, oh my God, he's just a gimmick, blah, blah. But then when they actually go back into my my sneaker history and my footwear, they're like, this guy has really been that guy when I was a kid. And people can ask my friends who I grew up with, was Franklin that king of, was he that guy? And that's sometimes when it comes to the whole influencer thing, a lot of people can't say that, you know, because they've, changed and molded which is okay not saying people have to be lived the whole thing but it's just be authentic to what you know and, and what you can do um and not overdo it to the point where you're like oh no like do you get what i mean you've you've become yeah you've become unstuck what you're saying is you need to be yourself like know yourself yeah. and like stick to your morals but as you were saying earlier about staying ahead of the trends, how how does a person, you know, remain true to themselves whilst staying ahead of the trends and knowing yeah, how to you position know, yourself in the future? That's a good question. I mean, I would say you have to really learn what the trends are going to happen. And what is a trend that's going to really rise as a real wave? Does that make sense? Because before Instagram was really how it is now, I was teaching Instagram. Do you get what I mean? Like, I was actually, I went in on Instagram, I was like, oh my God, this is how it's going to be. 
and you know and i've been learning about tiktok i've been learning you know and one of my the newest thing that i'm really kind of excited about is social commerce social commerce is going to be the next big thing you know i, I don't know if you've seen i'm on a, a, a something called ooh ooh.com it is incredible like so i learn so much about what is happening I've got like, <laughs> I'm fidgety. I think I've got ADHD and I'm always, okay, what's the next big thing? What's the next big thing? And I try to kind of at least fit myself into those, those conversations from an early stage now and be like, okay, I need to really jump on this. You know, uh, a lot of things like from Clubhouse and all these different things I was on there early. Sometimes I might not even can be consistent on there but i'm just on there to kind of okay how can this benefit me and you know and to, to anyone listening to this you don't have to do everything you don't because it becomes you become a slave to social media find something that you can do easily and just do it yourself easily and 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 that's that's the best way to to, to go but sometimes you do have to create content that you're not really you know it may be disconnected from you and stuff like that but if it if it benefits and aids you, sometimes you just have to do things you don't have to do. You don't want to do. It's a bit like any job. You may not like something. You know, ah, oh, I don't want to do it, but I have to do it. Type of thing. So, it's just just have to treat it like a job. To be fair. Yeah, exactly. I do really agree with you. The more you do, the more you learn, the more you can develop yeah. yourself, and the bigger you 100%. can, you know, you can grow. Bro, hundred percent, hundred percent. So do you think that social media moguls should invest in, well, I say uh, high-tech camera gear, like what what kind of gear should they be getting starting <laughs> off and then well, and then like moving on well, further to the career? I'll be honest, my phone, my phone is this is my 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 media center, my phone. I wouldn't tell everyone to overinvest in things they can't afford and not know how to use them. You know, I, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, to know how to edit and, and stuff like that. And I do all of those things, but I still am a fan of people just being creative with what they have. So for me, I have a mobile phone that I film all my content on. I use an app called Pick Play Post, um, which does my editing for me. It's an app, which is, I think I pay £100 or something like that, or it's £5 a month. Pick Play Post. I do all my editing on there. Um, and it edits really good. It saves in HD and it, or 4K. And then I I have a tripod so I can put my camera wherever wherever I am. And unless you know how to use these expensive pieces of equipment, don't buy them. I'll be honest, don't buy them. For my podcast, I have what you call a blue a blue ink mic, um, which you can Google. It's forty pounds. So I, I just have basic things, and I just create content with my basic things that become you know valuable to, to to people and brands and things like that i agree with you when i first like started looking into this whole blogging thing i created a website probably in 2016 and wanted to take really cool photos so yeah. a couple of years ago i did invest in quite an expensive camera but i thought okay. Do you know what i need it anyway for when i take photos I I never take photos on it because I just use my phone all the time. Yeah, so do you know what? I have uh, recorded uh, a couple of, what well, I've taken vlogging footage of podcasts. And, you know, it does work really well because uh, I can use a memory card in it and stuff like that. But I only use it because I have it. I haven't needed to. So, yeah. You also mentioned your TED Talk earlier. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so I've done a TED Talk, I think it was 2014, and it was really called The Social Media Mind. So at the time, I was teaching social media in schools, and it was about what's happening now on social media in terms of trolling and um, bullying and things like that. It was about asking and teaching students and, and kids social media before, you know, at a young age, before they reach kind of teenage and stuff like that. So they don't have to kind of, they're not faced with all these challenges and, 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 and bullying and things like that. And it was called a social media mind. And it was really kind of trying to explain to people if we can just teach our young people about social media. Um, and it was really good. It, it, the good thing with a TEDx talk is it helped people know that you're authentic and you're doing. 
I would recommend anyone can do can try to apply to do a TED talk because it does from a business perspective it raises your profile, but then from a, a, a personal perspective it, it it really kind of builds your character. Where I'm from, I'm from Tottenham. I grew up with I grew up in the worst of times, <laughs> the brutal farm riots and stuff like that. And for me to come from where I'm come from and and, and done a TED talk and these different things. It is really kind of inspiring for my peers and and people around me. So, I I I, I would recommend anyone try to do a TED a TED talk. Yeah. I have watched it. It was very good. And I'm going to put every Thank all you. of these things in the show notes so people yeah. can um, know where to look. Thank you. I just I think it's so important crazy. to educate young people about social media. So it's Indeed. everywhere. It's Indeed. everywhere, and you know it does have its benefits, but it also has a hell of a lot of negative things about it as well. So. Yeah, I do think that people need to be educated on about it. No so going more now into uh, well-being, can you tell us the best part and worst part about running a business? I mean, it doesn't oh, need wow. to be well-being. It can be anything, yeah. I guess. But no, but you're right. I mean, you're right. I think, I, I definitely think that um, running a business is, is hard. It's definitely hard. You know, I think the best part is, I don't want to say freedom, but it's controlling your own destiny. When you control your own destiny, you can kind of be like, okay, I'm, I wake up, I can set my own schedule, et cetera, et cetera. But it's, it's, it's not easy. I think that's the misconception of, and it's something that I know maybe is, is, is put out there. Like it's, it's such a luxury to have your own business. It really isn't a luxury. It's, it's a, it, you're going to work harder than working a nine to five. I think when it comes to being an entrepreneur, something deep in your soul that you need to really search for and be like, I, f- I can feel this. Like I've, I've been self-employed since 2003. So that's nearly 20 years of just doing this consistently. You know, I know people that are self-employed and they've gone in and out of it because it is, it is hard to keep up. It's well done. Sorry, so I didn't interrupt yeah. you, but I had no, to say no, that well no. done. No, it's, it is, it is really hard. And I, there's been times I've been like, oh, I just want to work. I just want to, but I call myself unemployable because I've been doing my own thing for so long and touch wood, I've managed to do well and live a, an okay life from it, you know, managed to buy property, managed to invest in things and stuff like that. So, but not everyone can see that because nearly 10 years ago, I nearly went bankrupt. Do you get what I mean? So you got to understand it's, it's for, it's really, you have to be thick skinned. You have to be strong internally and believe in yourself. So the worst part for me is just not having the security net, but again, you've got to know why you're an entrepreneur. So you've mentioned that you've done like a, a couple of different things, not one yeah. after the other either. You've got things going on. Yeah. How do you manage to um, do all these things so well all at the same time without, you know, spreading yourself too thinly? <laughs> the truth is you don't really do every 100% well all the time. You, you, you make mistakes and you're going to fall flat. I do try to utilise my days as best as I can. And in the early stages, I, I start spinning plates to the point that the plates, the plates spin themselves. And, and I know that as long as I produce this amount of content answer this amount of emails. I've got a system in place. So that's how I, I managed to kind of stay on top of things, you know, and with the current lockdown, things have slowed down in certain businesses that I need to kind of repick up, you know, so I've invested in um like a CBD franchise. So I've got a shop opening as soon as lockdown. So there's different things that I need to actually be phys- physical and present for that um I need to be out. So I just have to kind of wait until things get back going. How many hours are you working a day? Yeah, I get up about six, six, five, six in the morning and I go to bed maybe 12, one. So, <laughs> I mean, in the morning, I'll be honest, like, I, I don't know sometimes. Wednesdays, I try to, on Wednesdays, let me give you, like, today's Wednesday, right? So I pre-record my, my content for the next day. So I know by 8 a.m. I need to have my content up. So my content needs to be edited and ready to go up by 8 a.m. Then at 8 a.m. I put a, a few pieces up. 
10, 10 a.m. I'm teaching. So I teach my students from 10 to uh, 11.30. Um, 11.30, I have a bit of a break. 12, I then check emails, um, make a few phone calls. Um, one, I have meetings just literally throughout the day, et cetera, et cetera. I even, I know it sounds crazy, but I try to get a nap in. I try to get a nap. I'm like, I'm like, I try to get a nap in between a lot of these things, like a power nap. And I know it sounds people like, oh, power nap. You need to try to nap because it, it does, during the day, you feel so drained. If you can get like a, a an hour nap or 30 minute nap in and you know, because you know you're going to go longer, it is really good if you can do it. You know, and I remember when you're a kid and you're, as a, as a toddler or whatever, you don't want to nap through the day. You actually have to nap. <laughs> as an adult, I've realised, I've realised, yeah, I've realised how important it is. And don't let anyone tell you different. Try to get a nap in if you can. Don't try to burn all the way, all the time, or else you will, you will, it will affect you. God, I'm terrible waking up after a nap, though. Yeah, I know. But you get when you just get, you do it regularly, you just get into kind of a routine and, okay, cool, I'm ready. Okay, you know, everyone, everyone's different, but try to do it regularly. So you mentioned today's Wednesday and you know what like you're doing on Wednesday. Do you have a plan yeah. for all of your days? Do you know what's going on or...? Nah, not really. No, no. Because sometimes I get, I get thrown off or, you know, so I have to fit things into things like, you know, so like sometimes I think, I mean, I even done this, I think yesterday you asked me and I said, let's do it today. That's how I am. So I know that I want to get it done. (laughs) Do you get what I mean? So sometimes I'm really fitting. Yeah. I, I have to fit things into my day to make sure that it's done. So I can I can kind of move forward. You know what? It sounds like everything that you one. do gives you energy. Otherwise, you you know you wouldn't yeah. be able to keep all these plates spinning, as you were saying. How do you keep a clear mind in order to keep coming up with all these inventive business ideas? You know, everyone says they're creative, yeah, which is is fine. But I've been creative my whole life, so I just I spew out like concepts and ideas and stuff so much. That I, I don't even, sometimes I can be in the middle of doing a podcast and I thought of something and I'm like, oh, I need to go and try to do that afterwards. Do you get what I mean? So in terms of my personal sanity, I do spend maybe in the mornings or an hour or whatever, just being still. Like, I think that's quite important for me to just be still, like literally sit down, not turn the television on and just sit down in your own thoughts and be still. So that maybe I do that like an hour or half an hour a day, maybe in the early in the morning, you know, or or during the day, like I just sit still. And that's kind of helps me kind of get to where where I need to be. So that that does help. But sometimes I'm on go. It depends on the season. Sometimes I'm on go all the time. And how do you feel when you're on the go all the time? Do you feel good? Yeah, I do. I don't, it's crazy. I do. I, I really enjoy what I do. So I don't see anything as a chore. You know, I'm very motivated, self-motivated. So when I'm doing stuff, I just like, I like giving. I think I like giving. I like speaking. I like connecting. I'm just really kind of that person. So everything gives me air. Everything gives me. And you can see your vision coming to life. I guess it, it just, it would give me real energy to be able to see things unfold and to see kind of like my thoughts turn into reality. So do you think that you have a healthy work-life balance? Yeah, no, it, it is important to have one, but you know, I, I have sacrificed a lot to, to be here, if I'm honest, you know, relationships and stuff like that. But yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm just not a nine to five person. So it's, it's really hard to, you know, have relationships and stuff like that. You have to really understand where you're going um, and that will keep you focused. You know, I do try my best to socialise and, and to really connect with people and, and check up on people and stuff like that. So how can people make an appointment with you and connect with you on social media? Okay, well, now I've set up my new website. So everyone needs to go to my, my website, Franklin Boateng, B-O-A-T-E-N-G.com, franklinboateng.com. And they can look at what I do. What I, what people always to me, they always want advice on social media and stuff like that, which is fine. So what I've done, I've done a set of free 
audio books, which people can listen to for me on Spotify um, or Anchor. So if someone wants to ask me about social media, I, I just ask out of politeness to see if they're serious, listen to my audio books or come to one of my seminars before we connect. Because a lot of the stuff, I give the information for free. And because I'm so busy, I don't want to offend when I say, oh, this is how much or whatever. Do you get what I mean? Like, so people who people who've already been to my, my, my webinars, my seminars, or I've taught have easy access to me because I don't forget. Get what I mean, but to connect with me, I would say just go through those steps. Listen to my books, go to my website, and then just and just hit me on an email or a or a DM, and I, and I'll get back to you. Highly recommend, honestly. Yes. Like the as I said earlier, I came to one of your classes four yeah. years ago, and I still remember yeah. things that you said. It does honestly work. So yeah. I'm going to put all of your stuff as well in the show notes as well so people can I find it easily. <laughs> Thank you so much, honestly, for coming on to Hashtag No Filter and um, giving so your, good. honestly, invaluable advice. I didn't have more questions than you've got trainers, right? <laughs> no. No, no, no. Uh, this is uh, not even 1%. It's not even 1%. You know, it's not even 1%. So... <laughs> But no, it's, 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 it's all good. Um, I do appreciate you asking me. And I hope whoever's listening to this gets some real useful insight, information, you know, and just to kind of leave people with this 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 real thought, it's, it's not easy. It kind of maybe never will be easy, but it's satisfying. It's so satisfying being your own, your boss and being an entrepreneur. And if you don't, if you're doing it for the right reasons, and, and I mean, I'll tell you something in the beginning, I wasn't doing it for the right reasons. I was like, I want to be a millionaire. I want to be a millionaire before I'm 30. I want to be a millionaire before 30. And I was doing it for money. And then when I got to that stage of quote unquote millionaire status or what people's deem, I was like, what? This is not what I, I thought it would feel like. Do you get what I mean? So then I, I literally started to do things more with pur- for purpose and and that's where it kind of led me to where I am now. So it really does, it really does, you need to really think about what you're doing and, um, and really go for it. The thing that I really do like about social media is what we were saying before, it's always changing, like there's something new every day and mm-hmm. what I like about it is having the opportunity to learn something new every day. You know, that's why I'm... Mm-hmm. I'm no longer pursuing a career in social media, but what I am doing, it does change all the time and it is so challenging. And, you know, that's what I really liked about the social media part as well. So it is so satisfying. If you enjoy doing it, you know, you're connecting with people as well. Um, You know, even though you are working on your own, you might be self-employed, you're always speaking to people. So I think it's, it's a great profession to be in. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Well, thanks so much again for being a guest. You have been incredible. (laughs) No, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of Hashtag No Filter. Please rate and give me a hashtag no filtered review over on iTunes or Spotify. And make sure you hit that subscribe button to ensure you never miss an episode. See you next time. No filter.